You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. All right, let's go. It's week one of the National Football League. Let's begin with the 1 o'clock games. Staying in the Meadowlands, we thought it might be interesting. At least it was defensively for a while, but no such luck. Baltimore beats the Jets 24-9. Lamar Jackson, 17 of 30, 213 yards, three touchdowns and one pick. Joe Flacco did not have a good day. 37 of 59. Yep, 59 passes, 307 yards, a touchdown and an interception. He was harassed and sacked all day. Struggles with the mixed and matched Jets offensive line. We'll hear from Robert Sala a little later. We'll also hear from Rich Samini at the bottom of the hour. Other 1 o'clock scores, it was Philadelphia holding on to beat Detroit 38-35. Jalen Hurts, 18 of 32 for 243 yards. Jared Goff, 21 of 37, 215 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. New Orleans squeezed past Atlanta 27-26. Famous Jameis Winston, 23 of 34, 269 yards and two touchdowns. Marcus Mariota, yeah, he's the new guy in Atlanta, 20 of 33, 215 yards. New Orleans struggled to get back in this game. They trailed for a lot of this game. I was very surprised. Well, it was revenge in Carolina. That's what Baker Mayfield had on his mind. And, of course, Miles Garrett had some thoughts about Baker Mayfield on his mind. Well, Carolina loses to Cleveland 26-24. Jacoby Brissett, 18 of 34 for one touchdown and one touchdown. Uh, Baker Mayfield, 16 of 27, 235 yards, a touchdown and one pick. Cleveland will, will host the Jets next week. I don't know what it is about New England and Miami in September. I don't get it. I mean, my my compadre during the week, Gordon Damer, oh, moans about Miami. Oh, we're terrible with this, with that. Not when it comes to New England in September, they're not. They roll over the Pats, 20-7. to seven. Mac Jones did not look good. 21 of 30, 213 yards, a touchdown and a pick. Two at Tago Baloa, 23 of 33, 270 yards and a touchdown. Miami tied with Buffalo atop the AFC East. I mentioned it earlier, Pittsburgh needed overtime to beat Cincinnati 23-20. Mitch Trubisky, 21 of 38, 194 yards in the touchdown. Joe Burrow, 33 of 55, 338 yards, two touchdowns, but not one, not two, not three, four interceptions. Oh, by the way, in that game, Pittsburgh lost T.J. Watt to a peck issue. He's going to be missing some time. Well, Matt Ryan, formerly of Atlanta, now in Indy. Pretty good day. 32 of 50, 352 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Davis Mills from Houston. Yeah, he's back. 23 of 37, 240 yards, and two touchdowns. The game ends in a 2020 tie. Did I have Indiana in that game in, on my cover five? Because I figured Houston's not going to beat them. I mean, I mean, Houston's going to lose. Uh, never mind. Peter Rosenberg happy today. His Washington team rolls over. Well, not rolls, but they beat Jacksonville 28-22. Trevor Lawrence, 24-42, 275 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. 
Carson Wentz from Washington, 27 to 41, 313 yards, four touchdowns, and two interceptions. Trey Lance, the starter in Frisco, 13 of 28, 164 yards and an interception. Justin Fields, 8 of 17, 121, two touchdowns and one pick. But the Bears beat the Niners by the score of 19 to 10. Some 4 o'clock scores for you. In the game right now, it is the Giants trailing the Titans 20-13 with two minutes left in the game. In the fourth quarter, Minnesota all over Green Bay, 23-7. to Wow. Scary. Not a good As a matter of fact, I saw a highlight of uh, <laughs> I saw a highlight of somebody roughing up uh, Aaron Rodgers at the quarterback spot. He's not he's had a pedestrian day. Been sacked four times, lost 33 yards, 17 of 25, 150, make that 18 of 26, 159 yards for Aaron Rodgers and an interception, no touchdowns. Kirk Cousins, 23 of 32, 277 yards, two touchdowns, and no picks no picks so looks like uh aaron Rodgers and the receivers the new receivers not yet on the same page in green bay elsewhere on the late games we've got kansas city all over arizona 44 to 15 also sticking with the late games it's the chargers over the raiders 24 19 there's about three, a little over three minutes left to go in the fourth, just over, just under six minutes, just under seven minutes, right, left to go in the Cardinals and Kansas City game. And of course, tonight it will be Tampa hosting the Cowboys. That is your Sunday night matchup. And that's your scores for week one in the National Football League. 1-800-919-3776. Let's get to some calls. We have Ritzamini at the bottom of the hour. Buddha's in the Bronx. What's up, Buddha? <laughs> you know, man, <laughs> y'all love you. I'm sitting here looking at this Daniel Jones interception. You know, <laughs> when Brian Dayball ran up on him, he looked like Destiny's Child. <laughs> Why you all in my grill? You know what i you look at Breeze Hall fumbling. And Bryce Hall uh, holding on to Duvernay for two minutes after he always got a touchdown, and Robert Stiles was fist bumping him. I mean, yeah, listen, I you, you. you know, it's not a good look. You know, I love this man to death. I told you I root for him a thousand times, but he's not off to a stellar start here as a coach. With the Flacco stuff, listen, Flacco looked bad. Let's stop sugarcoating it. I don't care how many yards he threw for he looked bad. He was burping the baby, you know, when the fire department was telling you to get out the building. You understand what I'm saying? Yep. And um, yep. if it was me personally, I'll start Flacco again next week. Mike Mike White is a hot button number two. Mm-hmm. And I'm bringing up the kid on Strebler. I'm going with three quarterbacks next week. Because yeah. for the next at least three games, you're not going to have any quarterback. It's probably going to be longer than that. I need to evaluate every single one of them on this on this team. Uh, I need to explore every single option I can. But you know what, bro? Like, we don't talk about this 101, 102 times. That's Saquon mm-hmm. Barkley looking good again. 101, 102 times. But um, 
you know, the Jets have a problem of where they are because of two things, their team building and and their draft philosophy. I mean, listen, they want to get better. I personally wish they would have got better as a team than drafted a quarterback. Mm -hmm. They want to draft a a young quarterback, then get better. I think that's purely asinine as a team. But, you know, what what really is, is bad is, now, if you're going to do the drafting, right, if you're going to do the drafting, uh, and I don't want to hear about this scheme anymore, too, because here we go with uh, – it's not Denzel Mims. Now it's Garrett Wilson, the scheme. You know, here we go again with this mm-hmm. coaching staff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you're going to draft, right, listen, Uncle, if you're going to draft, right, and you're going to build your team through the draft, you can't have major misses. And the reason why you have major misses is because you draft for need – and not the best player available. The Jets had as many holes. We talked about a thousand times as a piece of Lorraine Swiss, Dalsberg, whatever cheese you like. They had a thousand to one holes. So you can't just say, I'm going to draft the offensive tackle. First of all, you draft the wrong one with Beckton. Hey, look at Justin Jefferson. What does he have, like 200 yards receiving already? You yeah. could have got him in that draft. But worse, worse, and the reason why these guys are going to lose their jobs eventually is you took a kid at number two of the draft quarterback who anybody who watched college football knew that that was going to be a mistake. And when you miss at that spot, when you miss at that spot, you want to talk about setting your franchise back. You set your coach back, everything. They're going to scramble to try to find out who could play quarterback, who could stabilize the game. They don't have the guy. They blew it. They really did. And and I'm sorry, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. The, the way out of this is going to be by the next guys coming in here. It ain't going to be these guys. And here's the scary thing, Buddha, and thanks for the phone call. And you kind of hit on it. With this offensive line the way it is, are you going to rush to bring Zach Wilson back? I'm just saying. Are you going to rush to bring him back? So when we say maybe by week four, maybe, the earliest would be week four, remember The key phrase was the earliest. If this offensive line is not stabilized by then, would you bring your, quote, franchise quarterback, unquote, back from a leg injury after what you saw today? We'll continue the conversation on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Justin's in Tom's River. What's up, Justin? Hey, what's going? Hey, what's going on, Larry? Thank you for taking my call, man. You know, that was not a great performance by the Jets today. You know, the only really positive I could take out of that game for myself is the Jets' defense played really well in the first half, and I think they got a little gas at the end of the game because the Jets could not could not sustain anything offensively. And you know, what's really frustrating for me as a Jets fan too that the Jets can't even get their special teams right. We try to bring in all these kickers. We, we, kick, we, we finally bring somebody in that's a decent kicker in Zerline, and he can't even make a friggin' extra point at the end of the day, you know. And then also, too, with Brad Mann kicking that ball out of bounds, like a 20-yard punt at the end of the day. It's just really sloppy, and I understand it's early on in the season and they don't play these preseason games, but just even the fundamentals at this point for the Jets are in a great place. And, you know, in a couple of the rookies, I saw some good things. Garrett Wilson made a couple nice plays, you know, he made something out of nothing at one play and almost got the first down. I think he even had it, but they didn't really review it. But, at, you know, a lot, of, a lot of sloppy play. Fumbles, 
you know, and I, I just really, at the end of the day, I really don't know why. I know a lot of people probably have said it in, in the thing, but why don't you bring in Mike White? You know, the offensive line is a mess. You know, he had some flashes last year. Yeah, he's probably not a starter, but I think he's a better option than Joe Flacco at this point. The guy is running for his life. He's 37 years old. He's not mobile. He never really was a mobile quarterback. You know what? And I, and I just think at this point, you, you have Mike White play until Zach comes back. And you know what? I think the Jets are even worried at this point that maybe he's even better, that they don't want to make a QB controversy at this point because Zach Wilson just isn't ready to play. Well, it's an interesting point, Justin. Thanks for the phone call. Um, there were some things. Look, I agree with you 100%. Early, I thought the defense played well. They would round the ball. They made plays. They tackle. You didn't see a lot of broken tackles and missed tackles and stuff like that. I thought they played well. Uh, ironically, just checking the stats, you know the Jets ran 79 plays? 79. Baltimore ran 53. The Jets ran 79 plays and, and, only, <laughs> and only got nine points. I mean, I mean, it was just bad. There was just no, no, nothing. They could do nothing right on offense. Nothing. Nothing. It was bad. It was really bad. Mitch is in Windsor. Hey, Mitch, you're next on 98.7. How's it going, Larry? Good. What's up? Thanks for taking my call. Uh, you got some it. games today. Should, should have been two ties today. And the Giants stealing one. Uh, Jones uh, doing okay. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Why should be there? Flacco, I mean, there has to be another quarterback out there. They'd give it a try. A young guy, somebody undrafted, uh, for scout. They also need more weapons, running back and wide receivers. And one more thing, Dominic Sue, is he out there? I, I didn't hear his retirement. Did anybody sign Dominic Sue? Couldn't the Jets use him? Well, I'll tell you this, Mitch. Mitch, thanks for the phone call. I Let me say this. I think they have weapons. I, he just didn't get a chance to get to them. I think Gary Wilson's a weapon. I think uh, Carter, the running back, had a great start to the game. The first play, he had a big hole and ran through it. I think, uh, you know, Elijah Moore uh, has some, some talent. Corey Davis had a couple of plays. Uh, the tight ends, I think, are going to be. So I think they have weapons. The issue was, once again, the way the offensive line played, uh, you know, Flacco was under the gun all day. Every snap, there was somebody in his face. I mean, he was running, running for his life <laughs> a lot. And that's not the situation you want to see your 37-year-old quarterback in. It just isn't. And, um, you know, I don't know what could have – just for me, from the naked eye, I don't know. I just thought there could have been some adjustments, maybe pick up the tempo a little bit, do some things just to, just to mix it up, right? Just to try to mix it up so that you give your quarterback a fighting chance. I mean – that's a lot of passes for him. Over 50 passes. You're not winning a football game with Joe Flacco throwing over 50 passes. And I get there with some people who didn't think. Look, I didn't think they were going to win this game anyway. Okay? I thought it was going to be very tough for them. First game, uh, you know, with Flacco behind there. I didn't think. Baltimore was a really good team. Early on defensively, they hung in. But you never got the sense because of the lack of offense that they were going to win this game. You just never you never thought they were going to be in the game because they could not get anything going offensively. And you kept waiting to see, well, maybe they'll do this or maybe they'll do that. It was just the same thing over and over and over and over again. It was really frustrating. Tariq's in Jersey. Hey, Tariq, you're next on 98.7. Larry, how's it going? Good, my friend. What's happening? 
So I just wanted to uh, touch on what you said about Flacco running for his life. Uh, yeah, I understand that they brought him in to be the hold the fort guy, but knowing that we have a uh, unknown at, at our offensive line, why wouldn't they give uh, another quarterback the shot and just let Flacco mentor the guys? Well, I don't know. Thanks for the phone call. That might be the thing going forward. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do against Cleveland next week. I don't know. I don't. I didn't hear uh, much of the post game from Salah. I would think that they are not going to make any announcement about changing quarterbacks or anything like that right away. They're going to say we got to look at the video, got to look at the film, so on and so forth, and they do. And there are some things that they are going to have to change. Okay, there are some adjustments they are going to have to make. And some of these adjustments definitely have got to be on the offensive line. Okay, they've got to find a way either to continue to run the ball, and and take pressure off and slow down the pass rush uh, or to be able to, like I said, mix up tempo. I just don't know that they want to make a quarterback move at this point. Okay. I don't know. I mean, it could be, I don't know, but I just don't sense that. Okay. We gave Flacco one week. It's a sign of panic. Okay. We changed the quarterback. It's not going to be good. You know, I, I just don't know what the thought process is for them at the uh, right now, but I have to say, um, Unless they make some adjustments on the uh, on on that on that offensive line, it's going to be the same thing against Cleveland. Okay, because you've got you've got Fant who looked like you know he said I wanted to go back to left tackle. He struggled today. There's no question he did. And you had the rookie at right tackle. I mean, you had it, and and then when and then of course you're down, so they know you're going to pass. And that made it even harder. So it was just, it, it was it was not the start you wanted. And once again, I did not expect them to win. But based on the way the defense played, I felt it could have been a more representative game had they got any kind of scoring, any kind of scoring. Giants holding on to that 21-20 lead. There's 18 seconds left, but Titans are driving. They're actually in field goal range right now. We'll see what happens next. When we return. We'll be joined by Rich Samini. He covers the Jets for us here on ESPN.com and 98.7 ESPN. We'll ask him some of these questions and see what he has to say next on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Right now, I bring in my colleague. Had the pleasure of serving on him, serving with him on the Jets beat for a number of years. He's still there. Nobody does it better than him. He is Rich Samini. He covers the Jets for ESPN.com and Drops in on here on us here on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Rich, how are you? Good evening, Larry. How's it going? Everything is going well, my friend. Everything is going well. Rich, uh, let me start here. Not, not, not for the Jets. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> let me start here. I thought for the first quarter, maybe quarter and a half, I thought this was a much improved defense. I saw pressure. I saw physicality. I saw guys around the ball, and I expected some communication issues because it's such a young secondary, Rich. But for 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 most of the first half, I think the defense played well. Oh yeah, no question. Uh, you know, I remarked during the game on Twitter. I thought the uh, team speed was better than last year, especially at the second level. Linebackers were really flying around. Uh, you, you mentioned they did get good pressure. Uh, the corners were holding up. 
you know, the defense, it was very promising for about a quarter and a half, two quarters, you know, even a little more, you know, but as, as we know, it, it all fell apart in the second half. It fell apart in the second half. But for me, Rich, it's, it's something, and you and I have had this discussion year after year after year, right? It's special teams. It's missed field goals. It's bad punts. And when you're a team that struggles and you're playing a better team, those are momentum changers, and you put your young defense in the spot, especially on the short punt by man. The missed, missed, the missed field goals, they turn out don't, not, to be a, not to mean a whole lot at the end of the game. But, Rich, at the time, you know, getting three on the board, I think, would have been some momentum of confidence for that struggling offense, which we'll get to in a minute. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. The 20-yard punt was, was vital because it just put the defense in a bad spot. You know, the Jets drafted Braden Mann in 2020. I, I, you know, I have yet to see a punter who's validated that draft pick. I mean, he, he occasionally is okay, but if you, if you look at his stats, he's been kind of average the last couple of years. And today that punt put him in a really bad spot. You know, the kicking thing, it's like, it's like cut and paste from, from the past years. We could just, you know, pick up stories. I mean, the Jets have gone through so many different kickers. You know, now Greg Zerline, he gets his shot. The guy's a proven kicker. He's been a really good kicker in the league. Did not have a great year last year with Dallas, which is why he was available. And then he misses a field goal from 45. He misses the PAT. At that point, game was over, but it's still almost symbolic. And you're right. They left four points on the board, I mean, on the field because of the missed kicks and then probably seven points because of the bad punt. Rich, this offense looked bad. Uh, the offensive line was bad. Joe Flacco was running for his life all day. I mean, what do we take away from here? What, what What's the adjustment going to be next week for Cleveland? Well, it was bad. I mean, uh, you know, I know players after the game were saying, oh, we moved the ball a lot, you know, and they did come up with 370 yards. But that's just loser talk. That's a loser's lament. You know, the fact of the matter is they were, what, two for 12 on third down? Mm-hmm. Um, they – Every time they got in scoring territory inside the 30, 35-yard line, they, you know, they more or less self-destructed with uh, dropped passes. Brees Hall with a fumble. Michael Carter dropped the pass in the end zone. Uh, too many mistakes. Uh, a dreadful game by the offense. The offensive line gave up three sacks, but Flacco dropped back 62 times, Larry. <laughs> you can't have Joe Flacco, of all quarterbacks, dropping back 62 times. They actually ran the ball well in the first half. I would have mm-hmm. liked to have seen them run the ball a little bit more, uh, but it got away so quickly in the second half they had to shift into a passing mode. But, yeah, there really were not any positives on offense. As you can imagine, I'm chatting with Rich Samina here on the drive on 98.7 ESPN. As you can imagine, Rich, you heard it at the stadium, and I've heard it here on the phones. A lot of calls from Mike White. Um, what do, Was there any chance – any chance that he was going to be called in today? And is there a possibility he could be, he could be called in next week because of the condition of the offensive line? Well, there was no in that barring injury. There was no chance today going forward. I mean, I am virtually certain that Flacco is going to start next week. I don't, I don't think you can put this all on Joe Flacco. Now, was he good today? I don't think so. I mean, he, the interception, you know, he took the blame for on that one. He said he had, he, done could do it over again he'd probably take a check down there instead of trying to get the ball to cager who did slip on the route mm-hmm. but uh it wasn't a great performance by flacco uh, to say the least but i don't think they would make a quarterback change i think the fans view of mike white is 
greater than what the organization views him as. Now, he did have that, you know, historic game last year against Cincinnati, and he had a good game going against Indianapolis, and then he got hurt. He also had that brutal game against Buffalo, which I think left a bad taste in the mouths of people in the organization. And, and if you recall, after that Buffalo game is when they benched Mike White and went to Joe Flacco, who mm-hmm. they just had re- uh, acquired, you know, in a trade at that point. So, no, I, I get the fans wanting to see Mike White. He does move a little better than Flacco. He could probably help uh, evade some of the pressure. But I think they're going to go with Flacco again. And that's the angle I was going with, Rich, from the point of being able to move. Because just him, I mean, Flacco was struggling, trying to get away from this rush. And and the other thing, Rich, I didn't see. It just seemed as though that he was looking for long moves downfield. And I was thinking, you know, with the tight ends, and I'm sure they had to stick one of them in there to help block. So that took him out of the coverage. But I just thought maybe one of the adjustments would be, Rich, maybe a quicker tempo or shorten the route to do something that would kind of slow down that rush a little bit from from the Ravens. And I I didn't see it. Yeah, yeah, they did have a a little sequence in the second quarter where where Mike LaFleur was calling some, uh, you know, some slip screens and some creative ball handling plays where they got the ball out quickly to the receivers in the back side of the backfield. I thought that was good to offset that pass rush. But you're right. They should have gone to some hurry up. I said during the game, you know, you got to do some tempo just to get some life into the team. And Flacco had a really interesting comment after the game. He kind of threw it out there. He said there were a couple of times where they got to about midfield and they seemed to be moving the ball, but he said guys were nonchalanting it up to the line of scrimmage. And, you know, that was kind of a curious comment and, you know, almost suggesting there was a lack of urgency there. So it, it was just disjointed on offense. There were so many things going wrong, you know, aside from the obvious mistakes like drop passes and fumbles. Rich, this offensive line did not have a good day. And, you know, we had the conversations about Fant moving from left to right to left to right. Now he's back on the left side. You got a rookie on the right side. Um, Brown's on the IL. There's nobody coming in here to save this offensive line over the next couple of weeks. What are some of the things that the Jets can do uh, to try to help, you know, whoever this quarterback is? Well, you so you know, they used some tight ends today in pass protection, as you mentioned a couple of moments ago. So I thought the tight ends would be more involved in the passing attack today. That really was not the case. Um, you know, George Fant was rusty at left tackle. I think we all saw that. I think he's a good left tackle, but when you ask a guy in the middle of the week, oh, hey, George, sorry, we, we need you to go back to left tackle. He had three practices to get ready, so you had to expect some rust. Max Mitchell's a rookie. He's playing, he's starting in his NFL debut. You had to expect some, uh, you know, some hiccups there. And so, uh, yeah, it was rough across the board. I mean, they just seemed to be not on the same page the whole game. Yeah, it, it was pretty scary. Rich, um, if the – and I hope it gets better. But if the offensive line is as inconsistent as it is today and we're four weeks down the road, are we in a rush if we're the Jet front office to get Zach Wilson back behind this offensive line? Would they maybe take another week to see? Well, hey, that might factor in. We'll see how it goes the next couple of games. We know for sure that Wilson is not going to play the next two games. And then by then you hope that the offensive line can build some continuity and and get better. And by the way, you mentioned Dwayne Brown on IR. I do not see him coming in after four games. 
we asked Robert Sala about that after the game, and he and he was very lukewarm. He said he's hopeful that he can come back after four games, depending on how his rehab goes. My understanding is that they've already talked about surgical options for him. Mm-hmm. So I, I would not be surprised if we don't see Dwayne Brown again this year. I, I, I just don't think he's not going to come riding in on a white horse after four games to save the, save the, you know, to save everything because this is a serious injury, and I'm just not sure he's going to be able to get back that quickly, if at all. You know, Rich, Joe Douglas has had the worst luck signing offensive linemen <laughs> since he's been general manager. He just has. He's had the worst luck signing them. They all get hurt. Well, Mekhi Becton, of course, is basically going to be out for two straight years. Then Dwayne Brown, you know, which, look, you knew the risk when you signed him. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's been a very good player for a long time, but he's 37 years old at a position where that, that is an outlier. You don't find too many 37-year-old tackles out there. Um, he's had a wonderful career, but there's always that risk because of the age. And the guy didn't have any offseason. So there's always that risk. And Becton, you know, that's just a, a fluky type thing. You know, what, what can you do? And you're right. There have been some bad luck on the, on the offensive line. George Fant has been a good pickup for them. He's probably Khalil. saved them just because of it. Just because of his oh, Khalil, of <laughs> course, you know, that was a bad signing from uh, 2020. They just took an absolute flyer and ended up costing them about $5 million. That was a waste of money. And so, you know, Joe Douglas has not. Uh, yes, there's been some bad luck. But he also hasn't done a great job of, of filling the offensive line. Yeah, and and it's you know we've had a lot of callers talk about this, Rich. You would think that understanding that, you know, and it's always tough because you you need an offensive line guy that can play multiple positions because you just don't have the room on your 53 man roster. But you you knew that there was an opportunity, there was a chance that Makai Becton, because of his history of getting injured, might possibly be in that situation. So you know it's too bad you weren't able to get maybe one or two extra offensive linemen to try to cover for him? Well, they drafted Mitchell in the fourth round, you know, and, you know, the jury obviously is still out. The guy's only played one game. But the big question going into the draft was, would he take an offensive lineman with the fourth pick? Um, I know they really like Icky Aquanu from North Carolina State a whole lot. You know, I think Sauce Gardner and Icky were the two guys that they were considering with the fourth pick. And, you know, had they taken Icky there, I think it would have spelled the end of Mackay. They wanted to give Mackay another chance. Um, he was kind of a ticking time bomb because of the injury, because of the weight factor. And you bring a guy back off a knee injury, a knee surgery, and he's not in the greatest shape. You know, the guy was 400 pounds at one point. I think he was probably in the 380s at training camp. Still, that's a lot of weight to be put, a lot of stress to be putting on one of your joints. And sure enough, the same knee, you know, basically almost a similar injury, and it happens again. So, yeah, it hasn't, let's just say, it hasn't worked out according to the blueprint for the Jets. Last thing, Rich, uh, your thoughts on two of the rookies, uh, Gary Wilson and Sauce Gardner today. I thought they played well. Yeah, Sauce had a good game. According to the stats, I think he gave up two catches for just a very few amount of yards, which was good. He had that PBU on the long pass into the end zone. He defended that pass. I thought he held up okay, you know, pretty well. And uh, Garrett Wilson, I think we all saw the kind of moves he has with the ball in his hands. Robert Sala afterwards pointed out that on that third and ten play where Wilson basically made nothing, something out of nothing, but felt he could have lowered his shoulder to get those extra few inches there instead of trying to dance around and try to get the yardage that way. 
but uh, there was some promise there. But you know, Brees, you know, Brees Hall had, you know, the, talking about the rookies, he had that bad fumble. He had a drop or two. So this was a learning experience. A lot of young players in this game for the Jets. And Robert Sala said after the game, he goes, "We got a lot of youth at the skill positions, and they got to grow up real fast." Rich Amini. Uh, get home safely, my friend. It's been a long day for you, and we'll be checking you out online to see who's on the flight deck with you this week as we get ready for week two and the countdown to the Jets and the Cleveland Browns. Rich, thanks for a couple of minutes, my friend. My pleasure, Larry. Have a good one. All right, you too. Rich Samini. All right, we'll take your calls next and uh, give you some closing thoughts on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Go to the phones. 1-800-919-3776. Chris is in Manhattan. What's up, Chris? Chris? Yeah, can you hear me? I hear you now. What's happening, my friend? Man, please. <laughs> you already said it before. Uh, just, just some numbers that I heard. You were talking about 76 plays, right? Yeah, 76, 79, something like that. Over 70 plays. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, behind the behind the offensive line, and I look, man, I'm tired of being understanding. You know how you know how understanding I am, right? But the man, they underperformed. I'm, I, I don't. I, I'm. I, I, come on, man. As much, but I and, and I get it. But I'm tired of being understanding. I get it. Fifty nine passes, and you could you could only scratch out nine points. Now, if I want to feel encouraged about something, that's a step up in terms of defense, especially early, you know, to keep the game close in the first half. Um, you know, I mean, there, there, there were some things that I liked, but, Larry, I got to ask you something. Mm-hmm. And I know people are going to talk about um, Bryce Hall yes. getting beat on touchdown play. Oh no 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 no! Go back, go back, go back to that pass interference play. I, look, we calling somebody out today. I'm sorry, I gotta do it. Lamarcus Joyner, please stand up. It, or is it me, Larry? No, it was him. It was him. My man almost looked like like Lupus trying to carry, trying to catch a, a, a pop fly from the Bad News Bears on that. And the worst part about it is looking at the play, and this is just from the couch. Sauce Gardner. Is in is in good coverage, and the pass is going to be incomplete. And your man's lost out there. Yeah, he is. He is running into running into the receiver about six yards away from the ball. Yep. Not knowing where he's supposed to be, but once again, and and you're right to call him out. It's a young secondary. There's going to be mistakes. It's a young secondary. Wait a minute. That's why the communication's got to be good. It's got to be good back wait, there. Wait. Wait. There, there's also the one where. Um, <laughs> The receiver runs. I'm I'm sorry because they they got me all mixed up right now. Sauce Gardner passes a receiver off to the inside, yes. and he runs in between two safeties. Yes, that's the big touchdown Did, play. Yep. Okay, and 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 um, the special teams, oh, at least please. the kicking portion of it, it's kind of Good. atrocious. It's kind again. of atrocious. Again, Chris. Again. Like a scarlet, like a scarlet letter, like an albatross around your neck. Once again. <laughs> Year after year, it's for some reason, the kicking situation. And the wild part is, I don't know. I mean, you know, he could be right. But I'm, I, Braden, man, 
Come on, man. <laughs> you gotta do better Come on, that. man. <laughs> Twenty yard punts. That I mean, these. I mean, and again, you putting your defense. They gotta bail you out again. Mm-hmm. And then they just couldn't do it anymore. Thanks for the phone call, Chris. Boy, this is a, this is as down as I've heard Chris in a long time, long time. Marcus in Connecticut. What's up, Mark? Yeah, hey, uh, thanks for taking the call. I just wanted to, uh, I guess, a little bit of a piggyback on the last caller. Sure. Um, Greg Zerline, isn't he a 10-year vet? Guy can't even hit a field goal or an extra point. Why is it the Jets cannot find a place kicker? I really want to know that. Why Why is it? Well, the, the last consistent one they had was Folk Hero, right? Nick Folk. And, uh, of course. He's that back in the past. Him, I get and it. Th- and then he went – Then he. Then he goes and he comes back, he kicks for New England, and he's still kicking. And the Jets are still looking, still looking for a kicker. Mark, it's, it's crazy. The special teams is, is just not worked out. Thanks for the phone call, my friend. It just hasn't. They continually have issues with kickers and punters. At least with Burials, they have a return game that's decent. So they've got one spot of it figured out. But the other ones, they just, just can't get it done. Andy's in the car. What's up, Andy? Hey, Larry. Yeah, uh, I think the last consistent kicker I had was Myers, right? He was yeah. a pro bowler, and they let him right. go. Yep. Uh, so, uh, why it, it's time to change the narrative around Joe Douglas. I mean, four years, you know, six-year contract's ridiculous. I mean, it's embarrassing that you have to give a guy a six-year contract because it's the Jets. But, you know, every year we're never ready for the opening game. Every year we're scrambling to put an offensive line out there. Every year – we, we don't know what's going to happen with our kickers. And, you know, Mekhi Becton, there's no way that you rely on Mekhi Becton coming back. That's a best-case scenario. That's like me playing golf. I hit the ball in the woods, and I should just dump it out, but instead I'm going to try to go through the trees. You know, there's no way they should not have been ta- they should have been taking a tackle. And I know everybody loves sauce and – We'll see how he all turns out. You know, they could have found a way to get him, you know, maybe trade around. But they needed to take a tackle. And they let Moses go, too. Yeah. After that game in Buffalo last year, at the end of the year, where Zach got destroyed, ten sacks. I don't know how you, you know, knowing what happened with Makai, two two seasons, injuries, he, he, he was, you know, his work habits, whatever was going on, he was getting blasted by his one of his biggest supporters. Uh, yeah. You need to have some depth back there, Andy. You're right. Thanks for the phone call. You need to have some. You need to have some depth, and they didn't. Richardson, Manhattan. Richard, I got a couple of seconds for you. Go. Larry, there was no risk at all with the Giants going for two. You have Saquon Barkley. You have Daniel Jones, who can run. Both guys. You put pressure on the defense. It's better than 50-50. You go into overtime, it's 50-50. That's right. exactly the play you do. You know, last year, do you remember the Jet-Tennessee game? I do. High score at the end of the game. Tennessee, no, Tennessee was down by one mm-hmm. with no time left. And they have uh, Henry at their running back. And they go for the one-point point after, and then the Jets win in overtime. So that coach at Tennessee is not too bright. The giant coach is smart. It was not only aggressive, it was a smart move to make. When you have the ball at the end of the game, you can make the – you have all control 
Hopefully, all summer you had to develop a two-point play. You're and right, that shuffle play worked in perfection. You are correct. And it was a good move. It was a great move. That's what you want. Giant fans, you have a really good coach. He's aggressive. That wraps up this edition of The Drive. We thank you for joining us. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.